Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me with a beautiful part that's just <laughs> off-center in her hair is my beautiful blushing bride, Londa Joanne Sherwood Austin. And I've got to tell you, I'm super excited about this show because it is the birthday episode. It is the birthday edition of the session <laughs> with Who Cares and David Austin. Happy 50th birthday. 50 years old. I like to kick. <laughs> I like to stretch. And I like, I like to, to kick because I'm 50. 50. 50 years old. That's right, baby. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the 50s. The session with Londa and David's brought to you by Sherwood Austin Solutions. We all know people who bring nothing to us but problems. It's time to get to know someone who always offers solutions. Sherwood Austin Solutions, professional problem solvers, is a consulting firm that can help you with every type of solution you're looking for from your business to your home. Is your bottom line off? Does it need a boost? Your business is going to do better if your home is dialed in as well. If you have a problem, call Sherwood Austin Solutions today. The number is 509-491-2663. Let me give you that number again. It's 509-491-2663. No matter how big or how small the problem is, Sherwood Austin Solutions will help you find the answer. Last time for the phone number. 509-491-2663 for Sherwood Austin Solutions. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us? Okay, I like it. (laughs) And again, happy birthday to you. I love spending the day with you. It's really fun. and I can't wait to do my wrap-up at the end of the day with all my pictures I've taken today. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, truth in broadcasting let's just be honest today is friday june 10th so that's, everyone can mark it in your calendar that's for next when we year. are recording the show right, friday right. june 10th this is not live on monday morning but that's okay nah, and we normally right. do it timelessly sometimes we do do it live often we pre-record it we don't know when we're going to do it we nah. just want to do it because we have demand from listeners just like you. Yes, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> both of our listeners really enjoy the show. They do. And I'm curious to find out what is the topic of the big birthday show? Well, let's talk a little bit about you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell me your story. Uh, what do you want to know? I have a lot of stories. What do you want to know? Tell me your story. I don't know what my story Where is, are you to from? tell you the truth. Where I, were you born? I was born in a small town, the village of Ilion, New York, June 10th, 1972. How did your family get there? Because it is a teeny tiny little place. Yes, it's a tiny hamlet. We got there because my dad was one of the fixers for Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken mm-hmm. in the late 60s, all through the 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So if there was a market that wasn't doing well, he would get a call that would say something like, hey, Johnny, we've got a market in Venice Beach or in uh, Columbus, Georgia or in South Carolina that needs help. Mm-hmm. We need somebody there to turn it around. So my dad would be the guy who would wow. go into the market 
and clean it up and turn the numbers around and then mm-hmm. move on to the next market. Do you think that that's a little bit of where you got some of your problem solving skills from was watching him do that? Did you ever talk about, did he talk about what he did, you know, when he got home and, and that kind of thing? Or, or was it sort of, you know, I don't know, just his personality to be a fixer? You and I have been married for only about two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really interesting that you're asking that question because the Johnny Austin that you know is a very different man than the man I grew up with. And here's what I mean by mm-hmm. that. He was a typical uh, 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 baby boomer parent okay. who... Uh, was raised by stoic parents that didn't have a lot to say, Mm -hmm. but really instilled strong work ethic in in their families. So, so he was always at work. My whole youth, my dad was at work. Right. We saw him at night for dinner and we saw him, you know, all weekend, but he was at work. And sometimes if I wanted to see him on a Saturday, Mm -hmm. I would have to get in his company car with him and go into one of the Kentucky fried chickens and Mm -hmm. mow the lawn. Was that though, uh, almost magical for you getting to get in the company car and go with him? That was a super, super treat. And the one thing that I really like doing is, you know, my whole life I've been a Southerner. We left New York state when I was a tiny, tiny kid and went back and left again and went back and left. But right. we'll I, get to that. I was mm-hmm. out of New York full time by four years old. Okay. And just visited since, right? Right. So I'm a Southern kid, really. Mm-hmm. So what I used to love is getting in my dad's company car with mm-hmm. him, you know, on a Saturday and going down to the restaurant and he would allow me, he didn't make me, he would allow me to sit in the car with it off. And sometimes I'd take my trombone and I'd practice in the car with the car off and the windows up and it would get hot, hot, hot. And I'd sweat, sweat, sweat. I loved that. That was one of my fondest memories of being a kid. And he'd come out and say, are you sure you want to sit outside in this hot car? Don't you want to come in? And I just loved the heat. I would get, it would be like being in a sauna. That is really interesting. Yeah. You know, and I was old enough to be able to open the door if it got overwhelmingly hot. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And dad thought I was a weirdo, but I just loved it. Well, he was right. Yeah. yeah. So, so with your dad being a fixer like that, Mm -hmm. you moved a lot when you were a kid. 36 times before my 18th birthday. And, and you, what do you think that did to you? Well, that's interesting because growing up, I, my mother was a great salesperson. You know, we've talked about how educators have to be salespeople. Right. Well, she was a great salesperson. So every time my dad would have a new opportunity, we'd have a family meeting. Mm-hmm. We'd all sit down in the living room and my mom would do oh, the sales pitch. she'd pitch it like it was the greatest thing ever. And it really was. So we're going to go to Columbus, Georgia. It's going to be spectacular. The reason we're taking this opportunity is so you guys can really see what life is like in rural Georgia, but we'll only be. 45 minutes from Atlanta so we'll be able to go to Atlanta Braves baseball games how awesome is this gonna be wow okay and we loved it and so it she did a great job and we all did a family vote at the end of the sales pitch and never was it not unanimous it was always unanimous let's do it right every single time ever how do you think moving that often uh shaped your personality well you know i have never thought in my life about trauma 
which is something <laughs> until that you've ta- you married me. Well, you've talked to me a lot about trauma because it's something that you're familiar with. Uh, because I have complex PTSD. Yeah, That's whatever. Why. And so I never ever thought anything in my life was bad ever. Right. Right. So for me, moving all that many Mm -hmm. times was exciting and awesome. And I think that's part of my superpower because it taught me how to make instant relationships. You have to be able to, with an elevator pitch, a 60 (laughs) second elevator pitch, (laughs) make friends if you're moving in six months. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so what I was telling this story uh, yesterday to a realtor buddy of mine named Jason Muffaletto in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, he and I were sitting talking and I said, you know, uh, I I, I kind of lost my train of thought just now, but it's weird. Oh my gosh! Well, we were talking about yeah about about your, having to adapt. How yeah yeah, and you have to make friends. Yeah, so your elevator pitch. Right. So Jason and I were sitting talking in my office at the ninth floor of the Chase Tower in Lafayette, Louisiana, mm-hmm. sitting in the little living room area that you created for me in my office. It's so cool. And we were talking about life, and I said, you know, moving a ton gave me a really cool perspective and I remember the day it hit me I was leaving uh Lakeland and going to Columbus Georgia I was seven years old and it was in the middle of the year and I remember thinking to myself you know at the last school they really liked the funny guy character that I played there I think I'm gonna lean into the funny guy I made a conscious decision wow at seven to be the funny guy at school And it's only because every six months I could create a new character. You know, I tried to do the cool kid. That really explains a lot about who you are, I think. In fifth grade, I tried to do the cool kid. I think it also, though, is why you're so adaptable. Right. And it's why you connect with so many different people. Right. You know, I I was thinking about this earlier. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about, like, you know, the social media post I'm going to make later today about Mm -hmm. you and your birthday and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm taking pictures, everything we're doing and all that. Sure. And, uh, and one of the things I thought when I was thinking about this is, you know, you are a friend to everyone. Right. And that's why you have been fielding calls and texts all day long today from not only your friends and your family, but also your ex-wife and your ex-girlfriends, because (laughs) once you are a friend of yours, you you don't ever lose that uh, unless you're mean to me. And there's, you know, that has happened when somebody's really mean to me, then you know, I, that that's only once I think has happened. And but, that's really sad for me, by the way, when right. I have to do that, because it is against my nature. Right. Your nature is just to connect in yep. really quickly. Re, you know, and at a very young age, you learned some really good sales techniques, really. And you probably were absorbing them from your mom and dad. Yeah, sure. Both, sure. right? Yeah. And you learned how to build rapport really quickly. Mm-hmm. Because you had to, right? Like you said, if you you know wanted to have friends, and you know you're going to leave in six months, you got to get in and 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 do it quick, That's right? Exactly right. And so learning how you know to draw from the part of your personality that people responded well to mm-hmm. is it's impressive at, at seven years old that you figured that out, and then you know just building on that and um, learning to build quick rapport and build relationships. And I know that you still have relationships with people that you 
were friends with all your growing up years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and you moved all over. I mean, it's crazy. Now, oh, uh, Facebook is magic, though, right? Well, it, because it really Facebook is. allows you to stay in contact with people that you haven't seen right. in 30 years. Right. You know, like my friends Andrew and Alan Amelinx. The most recent time I've seen Andrew in real life, my mother was still alive. That's wow. how long it's been. How old's Caitlin now? 24, 25? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was before Caitlin the last time I saw my friend Andrew Amelinx, but I know exactly what's going on with him because of Facebook. Yeah. I love social media for that reason. And, and um, you know, there's people that rant against it and whatever, but I think they're crazy because I love keeping up with people's lives. I hate the algorithms that you don't get to see everybody's stuff, right. but, um, but that's just me. So... So back to you, okay. birthday boy. Okay, because I think there's some really good lessons to be to be learned here for our listeners. You know, I, I think it's fun for people to get to know you better, right. but also um, understanding kind of where you came from and your mindset about life sure. to me is really fascinating because it was so very different than mine. I I had quite a bit of trauma growing up, and and uh, you know felt like nobody really believed in me believed mm-hmm. in my dreams mm-hmm. and you grew up exactly the opposite that's exactly which right. is fascinating to me i grew up with someone and now i'm going to reference your book coach your kids for life written by londa harpster the yeah. mom coach if you want to find it it's on amazon coach your kids for life anyway uh Relating to that book, there's a section where you're talking about one of our kids, James, who is a sweet, inquisitive, very artistic kid. Yeah. And you told a story in the book about when he was four years old, you looked out the window in the backyard, and he was literally hunting a bird he was, he was chasing well, he a wasn't bird hunting like he wasn't gonna well he was kill trying it. to catch it he was trying, he was trying to catch a bird trying to catch a bird yeah um and so you, sweet and in that story don't cry in that story one of the kids it might have been peter i don't know wanted to say to him uh hey 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 you can't catch that bird right and you stopped that conversation from happening and said no no Let's not tell James he can't catch that bird. Let's let him have dreams. We're not going to put constraints on this kid. Let's let the kid run wild and run free. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And that's exactly how I was raised. My mother, who... She was a dream keeper. She was a dream keeper, not a dream... Killer. Killer. That's right. That's in your book. I, I say it like that because you've got a lot of interesting stuff to say, too. (laughs) you do so yeah i i you know my mom was my biggest cheerleader right and my dad even though he was busy every single time i had a sporting event a music event beautiful even a theater event he made it to the event in fact when i got the uh romantic lead in then usl's Mm -hmm. production of the tempest my dad secretly flew home from Boston That's where he adorable. was to see it opening night. Love that. And my mom was pissed because she had no idea where my dad was and tried over and over and over and over and over again to call him that day. Before and, cell phones. And he fell off the face of the earth. Right. Well, he, he didn't flying. fall off the face of the earth. He left the face of the earth in an airplane <laughs> and flew here. My brother Nathan was the only person who he told he was coming. He it was wow. to, to surprise me and um and my mother and so Love yeah that. that was a that was a cool deal so I was raised by a very 
interested and active mother and a father who made sure he committed to everything I ever did. Wow. And, you know, I, I, so much so awesome when i was in uh baseball little league baseball c team which is the lowest of the low <laughs> uh we had a coach that was uh not very good all he did was let his kid pitch sure and we were the last place team in the league i could write a movie about this and it would sell <laughs> and my dad said to the guy one day after practice hey let me talk to you and the coach came over and he said, listen, I've got a question. How come you only let your kid pitch? And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, we're the last place team in all of the little league here. Mm. And the only thing that's consistent every single game is your kids on the pitcher's mound. <laughs> Ouch, Johnny Austin getting right to it. And the guy ripped off his whistle, threw his clipboard on the ground and said, if you think you can do better, good luck, sir. And my dad took over as coach, and we won the championship. Oh, stop it! That's a true story. Wow, my little my little uh, baseball. Yeah, I've seen thing. it. I've seen it. Yep, C team champions. <laughs> my dad took over halfway through the season, and oh, we became the champions. So, I think that what you did, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, was you developed a mindset of possibility. Yes, right. Nothing's impossible in right. your mind. And and it is part of what makes you such a good lender, by the way, because, and I was just telling a client yesterday, she was like, well, I really like David, but I think I'm going to shop around. Who else do you recommend? And I said, I don't recommend anyone else. <laughs> and one of, the, and I mean, push come to shove. I know lots of lenders and I can, you know, if, if she's, if, if I feel like it's going to be a match somewhere else, then great, you know, yeah. or whatever, go find your own. But but I don't because of your, because of that, there's got to be a way. We'll find a way that your creativity around yes. the way that you work is really interesting. And I think it comes from that possibility mindset of, you know, I, I think there is a way to do this. There must be a way to do this because no, that can't be done just wasn't a part of your the tapestry of your life. That's exactly right. And I've told Dago this since he was 19 years old. To be successful, we have to be forces of nature. Dago Velasquez, that's one of exactly your partners right. at that's, Envoy that, Mortgage that's in exactly Washington right. State. Dago grew up in the industry with me, mm -hmm. and we were you know, kids together in the industry. Granted, I was in my late 30s at that point. Right, and he was... <laughs> I was literally the age he is now. Yeah, yeah. When he and I started working together at 19 or 20, right? Right. So uh, it, it, it's, it's true. We have to be forces of nature. Yeah. And, you know, we worked with a guy years ago at Golf Savings Bank named uh, Chad Crithfield. That's where I met you. Yep, that's exactly when you were right. At Golf Savings Bank. And Chad Crithfield truly was, at the time, a force of nature. He was unstoppable. The guy could do anything on a loan. Wow. And, and his philosophy was a lot like mine in that all we have to do is give the underwriter a logical reason to say yes. Yeah. If there's a logical reason to say yes, the right. deal is going to close. Right. 
you don't approve bad deals. You mm-hmm. only approve real deals. Right. And that's how you close loans. Yeah. Sometimes weird stuff happens on loans. For instance, someone will send you a profit and loss from their business and be behind $250,000. <laughs> so if you're in the red, $250,000, don't send that. Uh, to your lender. Don't. <laughs> is there a loan where we can maybe just use bank statements? That's the question to ask. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. So you are always trying to find a way to make things happen. And there always is a way. Right. And then you are now coupled with me. Right. Partnered up with me. Right. And funny enough, from all of my trauma, I developed the same mindset. Right. There's got to be a way. Mm-hmm. It's got to be possible. I don't accept that it isn't, you know? And so it, it's really interesting because the two of us, it's not that we don't get down. We don't get blue. I, you know, I struggle with some, some depression from time to time. Right. And, and, um, you don't, you have depression in 20 second increments That's exactly and then you, right. you're over it and you move on. But, but there are times when we're blue or we're down or whatever, but we always come back to the mindset of possibility. That's exactly right. You have to, whether it's in your own personal world, whether it's in your family structure, mm-hmm. whether it's in your business, I mean, really the, the whole business of your life always comes back to the mindset and, and the things that shape the mindset are the people that are influencing you and speaking into your life. And we talked a little bit about your growing up and your parents and how they influenced you. But, you know, as an adult, it would be your partner, your friends, yes. your um, coworkers, yes. maybe your peers, you know. So, you know, really guard that energy and guard guard and protect that energy. Um, you know, somebody who's complaining all the time and, um, you know, something's always wrong with them. Right. Woo! Limit your time with those people. So the people that you you hang out with, um, you know, the, the, the media that you consume mm-hmm. is really important. That's true. You can watch too much news. I know you don't think that's true. Well, but, but, but you got to remember, I've been a fan of news, a follower of news, and a news and a news reporter. I know. You follow news like people follow sports. That's exactly how I follow news. <laughs> politics is one of my favorite conversations. And here's what I don't do when I'm talking politics. I don't tell you how I feel. You know why? Well, no, you... Do you know why I don't tell you how I feel? Tell me. Because I don't have a horse in the race. Right. It's not a real thing. You're talking about political parties, which has no effect or impact on my life at all. Mm-hmm. The reason we are successful is because we work hard. Right. The reason we have a lovely home and can Airbnb our RV and have a pool that we can swim in is because we focus when we have to focus. That's right. And we get things done. Has yeah. nothing to do with the government, in my opinion. Right. Now, well, you often talk about a mindset of, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, crap. It's like a mindset of abundance, but it's not, that's not what it is. Where you're talking, you talk about how the things out here don't affect you as right. long as you have a growth mindset. If you have a growth mindset, yeah. trends don't, don't affect you, right? That, say that again. If you have a growth mindset, 
trends don't affect you. Right. So inflation, shrinkflation, raise, you know, rising. Stagflation. Again, not about racehorses. Stagflation. Rising interest rates. (laughs) uh, Recession. Now I'm excited about an impending recession. (laughs) Super excited because interest rates are going to drop again if there's a recession. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think Mm. the Fed is pushing us even closer at their next meeting on Wednesday. Right. They're expected to raise the Fed fund rate another 50 basis points right which is counterintuitive to inflation because you're talking about the highest inflation in 40 years right and the way they're gonna have americans stop spending money is by raising the cost of everything by another 50 basis points and really what they do when they raise the fed fund rate is it makes it more expensive for intraday banking right so big companies may leverage their uh uh uh, the fed fund rate to make payroll and then the next day pay that loan off well the interest rate earlier this year was zero now it's not it's gone up several times since the beginning of the mm-hmm. year and it's going to go up another 50 basis points so what that means is uh it'll be more expensive to borrow money intraday which means the cost of goods and services are going to get more expensive right and the logic is if it's so expensive it's appalling to the stupid. mass public stupid they'll logic. stop spending i don't like this logic but i will tell you right now i'm going to do a little plug for myself um <laughs> over on my tiktok uh, which is just Londa Sherwood Austin over on my TikTok. I am doing a series of decreasing your expenses, right. increasing your income, mm-hmm. and and we're diving hard into the decreasing your expenses. And and it's because I care about people, and I know that with inflation, stagflation, shrinkflation, all that, all the it's flations. getting you know it's affecting our day to day lives in in a way, and and we've got to be shuffling our money. You know, a sure. little differently. I'm, I'm putting it into, if you think of it going into funnels, I'm, I got to like get a little creative about taking it from this funnel and putting it over to this funnel. And, yes. and so I'm talking about some of those things. And, and uh, you know, if you go and check it out, the reason I'm talking about it is because I have paid off over $150,000 in debt. This mm-hmm. was about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I for for many many years was on an extremely strict budget and um you know escaped I, from the cult i made you got the out the window you we ran were, off yeah, in the night i was we were so poor i couldn't <laughs> we couldn't pay attention um but you know and so i i got really really creative and there's a little more information on those tiktoks but you know they're they're you know 60 seconds or three minutes long and chock full of really really good information and one of the, the only thing I'll say here is that it's always small shifts that make the biggest lasting changes. I love when you do one of these videos that you give away such great content that should cost a ton of money. Yeah. And you give it away. Yeah. Your 60 second videos or 40 second videos or minute and a half videos. I don't know how long they are. I've watched them all, but I don't know. You know, I'm not involved in the production. <laughs> Well, (laughs) let me tell you, there's not much to the production. Anyway, whatever the case, um, I think it's fascinating that you give away so much content that Sherwood Austin Solutions could charge for. Right. And do you do you know why I do that, especially in that arena? I love that you do it. Uh, And I'd love to know why you do it. Because I was a struggling mom on 
a strangulating budget, mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet, mm-hmm. trying to keep food on the table, keep shoes on my kids' feet. Mm-hmm. You know, and you were doing that with the grocery budget. Yep, skimming. I I got really good at at creating menus that were really filling and delicious for my family, but were really inexpensive and I could skim the grocery budget. And then if I could save $5 a week on the grocery budget in, you know, a year I could buy Christmas presents for my kids. And sometimes it was that tight. And so I did get really, really good at that. And so my heart goes out to people who are in a financial tight situation or they just, they want to improve their their situation, and, and I, I kind of say it this way, they want to make better business decisions right. for the business of their yep. home and their life. And uh, and so that's that's why I give it away. And that's exactly why we do this show each and every week. Yep. And it's brought to you by Sherwood Austin Solutions. Everybody needs a friend that brings nothing but solutions Absolutely. to your life. Sherwood Austin <laughs> Solutions is a consulting firm set up to do exactly that. Whether you own a boat company, a bar, a restaurant, or a tennis shoe manufacturing plant, Londa knows how to take a look at the books, see what's going on with your systems, yep. and make the small tweaks to make everything more efficient and more profitable. Yep, that bottom line. That's what it's all about. <laughs> the number to call for Sherwood Austin Solutions is 509-491-2663. Let me say that again, 509-491-2663. What is the question of the week? We don't have a lot of time. Who was the greatest impact on you? You're 50 years old today. Who would you say is the single greatest impact on your life? Well, that's too short of an answer because it's my mom. But um, we can talk about professional impact. We can talk about... Well, I think your mom had a lot of impact on your professional life. She did. But Ray Sutley was my first program director in radio. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the tools, I believe, mm-hmm. to be successful in communication. And when it came time for me to have to decide whether or not I'd switch my major, he gave me the advice to go into general studies, which allowed me to finish quicker because he said to me, David, if you do general studies, you'll mm-hmm. uh, uh, get all kinds of information. If you do communications, you'll learn how to talk. Well, you already know how to talk. You don't need that. So do history, do criminal yeah. justice. I've heard you mention some people over and over again, your mom, Ray Sutley, Malcolm Adams, Malcolm, and Malcolm. Les Savage, I think are the names that come up again and, and again Rebecca and Breeding. Again. And oh, Malcolm, sure. Rebecca hired Malcolm <laughs> to make me a rock star salesperson. I've loved this today. I love learning more about you. This has been the session with Londa and David. It's kind of weird because it was my birthday episode and you made me the focus. That's right. Which I didn't expect. So it's fun that you didn't let me talk about this with you before the show. (laughs) Because I would have probably tried to change the focus. I hope everyone loved it. We hope you loved it. This has been the session with Londa and David and we'll talk to you next week.